Welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm Dan Capril, your host, and I want to thank you each and every week. Uh, we come to you with insights, mostly about personal finances, but we cross over into other areas of life because, let's face it, at the end of the day, it's not about how much money you have. It's about what you do. I know that sounds awfully cliche, but we see evidence of it every single day. So I wanted to share with you an experience that occurred Last night, as I was flying home, my father-in-law had just celebrated his 80th birthday, so we went up to northern Wisconsin, where he lives, and on the way back, we flew out of Minneapolis, and we're coming into Cincinnati. About halfway through the flight, well, let me set it up a little bit more. I'm sitting on an opposite aisle seat from my wife, so there's the, you know, the aisle in between us, and the flight attendant got the beverage cart, and she's in the process of bringing people beverages, and just about the point it gets to us. In fact, right at that point. Uh, so now the beverage cart is wedged in between Beth and I. There's an obvious crisis. Uh, there's a woman four rows in front of us in distress. She's on uh, Beth's side of the plane. She's also in an aisle seat and she has thrown up and she's clearly leaning over to one side, not in good shape. So the flight attendants quickly come to her aid and, and really just do a spectacular job. They first ask if there's any medical professionals on the plane. Unfortunately, there was not. So they do a great job of getting this woman under control. Now, probably about 10 minutes into the crisis, if you will, the fact that it was pretty clear there was something wrong here and everybody knew it, the lady who was sitting next to my wife, uh, this lady was sitting in an aisle seat. All of a sudden, she just pops up and leans over her seat onto the people in front of her and starts yelling towards the flight attendant. And it was very unclear what it was all about, but she was giving her all kinds of advice. And then she sits down and my wife looks over to her and says, are you a physician? And she says, no, but I know what to do in the case of a stroke. Well, there was no real evidence that this lady was having a stroke, but nonetheless, uh, she did that and all right, fine, whatever. The attendants, the flight attendants continue to take care of this lady. They, she recuperates, they get her water, they give her oxygen, everything's going well. They're now cleaning up. And again, keep in mind that the beverage cart is still wedged between my wife and I. So I'm sitting on one side of the plane in an aisle seat, Beth's on the other side of the plane in an aisle seat. The woman next to my wife says to her, I have wet wipes, do you want wet wipes? And she says, well, I'm just gonna go on the back and wash my hands. Well, that wasn't good enough for the lady sitting next to my wife. She really wanted to get this lady her wet wipes, the, the flight attendant. Now, the wet wipes were stored overhead. So, again, keep in mind the beverage cart is, is next to Beth, and on the other side is the lady sitting in her seat. This lady proceeds to climb over Beth in an attempt to get to her wet wipes. And Beth's like, lady, you know, I can't go anywhere. Where are you going to go? We're wedged in here. And the lady just looks at Beth and she says, I'm not concerned about you. I'm concerned about the lady in front. Now, again, keep in mind, the crisis is averted. And um, now it's just a matter of getting wet wipes to the flight attendant. But the flight attendant has access to the bathroom. So she's climbing over Beth and she says that I quickly look over. Uh, I was actually typing something at the time and look over. And I said, lady, please sit down. The flight attendants have this completely under control. You're just getting in the way. Well, words exchanged. I was very upset about her climbing over Beth. 
And um, eventually, this lady did calm down. And I probably looked like the bad guy because I raised my voice. But it was clear that another accident was was in the making. You know, if the beverage cart wasn't in the way, Beth would have gladly gotten out of her seat, let this lady out. She could have given her wet wipes. But the reality is, uh, one, the flight attendant didn't need them. And number two, she couldn't get out. I mean, she was pinned in. It wasn't until they pushed it back, which allowed the flight attendant to truly go to the bathroom, wash her hands, were they able to do anything there. All right. So what does this have to do at all with you, with money or anything like that? Well, what I couldn't help but notice is there was a protocol in place. There was a system in place. These flight attendants were highly trained for this moment. This was not a surprise to them. They knew exactly what to do. And when that plane landed, EMS was waiting for this lady and they took her off the plane. Everything was great and she seemed fine. So hopefully it was nothing major. But there was a system in place and they were very, very calm. But there were other people like the lady sitting next to my wife who was not calm. She was emotional. She wanted to get involved in the process. She had no business being involved in the process, but she just felt the need to do it. Now, I think her intentions were, were proper, but at somewhere along the way, it was clear that just letting the flight attendants do their job wasn't good enough for her. Now, I point this out because in a well-designed financial plan that has a well-designed portfolio, there are contingencies that are put in place for when crises occur. So if you're a flight attendant for 20, 30 years, you're going to have things happen on your plane. And if you're managing a portfolio or if you've got a portfolio built for life, you're going to have moments of crisis. It just happens. I mean, you, you know when they occurred, but you didn't know before they occurred. Now, the people who got through these moments really well were the ones who didn't panic, were the ones who allowed the professionals to do their job. And if you do that, then you get through it a lot better. But if you want to get involved, if you want to muddle up the work, so to speak, it's probably not going to work out quite as well. And this speaks to a big reason why over the years in working with people, we've become less open to bringing on board new clients. Now, we still bring on new clients every year. But very often in meeting with people, I have sensed irrational expectations that very often happens when someone wants to meet with a financial advisor, what their expectations are. And I make it very clear what they are and what they cannot be. And in the next episode, I'm going to get into that in much further detail with you. In fact, I'm going to even share with you bits and pieces from a recent meeting that I had with somebody on this issue of emotion and expectations, etc. But just to understand, there's a system in place. If you're working with us, there's a strategy in place. We have to allow the strategy to work. And in the short run, it may not appear as if it's working. But we're not doing things for the short run. We're doing it for the long run. If the short run is all you want, we're not for you. But again, if you want something for long term to deal with all of the problems that occur, well, that's exactly what we're trying to do here. So I couldn't help but notice as I'm sitting on this plane, the system at place, the, the way these flight attendants handled this, it was beautiful. And later today, I'm going to write a letter to Delta complimenting them because I just thought they were fabulous. We always have to be mindful that there's always a time that we have to let the professionals do what they do. And if you want to work with a professional, you have to allow for that. Otherwise, you're so much better off doing it yourself. Okay, so on our next episode, we're going to get into this issue of irrational expectations. I'm going to share with you some recent discussions that I have. I think you're going to find it very helpful. So until next time, I'm Dan Caprill. Thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle.
Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.